Personal information is just basically any information that relates to an identifiable living person. It includes things like your race, your gender, your sex, your age, um, your health, your religious beliefs, and even simple things like your email address and phone number is considered personal information. But some of your personal information is deemed special personal information and it's afforded even more protection under papaya. And your health status is one of these things that are considered special personal information. Welcome to the Tech Legal Matters podcast by iAfrican Radio. Since 2015, we at iAfrican.com have been doing research and publishing about significant data breaches and leaks across Africa. Some we have reported on publicly, while others were too sensitive and we simply notified the relevant authorities without publicly reporting on them. During the same period, we have also researched and reported extensively on cybersecurity, privacy, and data protection-related matters across Africa. What we have always observed is that not many people and organizations understand the legal implications of the various technologies that they use. In this podcast, we will explore these topics and more, with a specific focus on the intersection of technology and the law, how that affects you as an individual, but also from a business perspective. New episodes of the Tech Legal Matters podcast will be broadcast every Friday. The podcast will also feature analysis, insights, and commentary from attorneys who specialize in information and communications technology law. My name is Defo Mohapi, and I will be your host. Now for a word from our sponsors. Hello, my name is Lucien Pierce, an attorney in South Africa. What I have noticed over the years is that technology continues to challenge the legal system. What I mean is that sometimes laws battle to keep up with the speed at which technology is changing and the various new technologies that are launched. At Pukube Pierce Masitela Attorneys, our team of lawyers all have a passion for information and communications technology law and are well versed in the latest technologies and the laws applicable to them in South Africa. With 15 years of experience as a law firm in South Africa, we specialize in information and communications technology, marketing and advertising, and infrastructure related to these sectors. PPM Attorneys has a long list of satisfied clients and an unblemished record. So visit us at ppmattorneys.co.za and talk to us about all your legal matters related to technology. On this week's episode of Tech Legal Matters, I've got an attorney in South Africa by the name of Yashoda Raju. We'll be discussing the role of the country's Protection of Personal Information Act, as well as the role that the information regulator, the organization responsible for enforcing this act during this time of the COVID-19 pandemic, but also beyond the COVID-19 pandemic. Yashoda, how are you? Hi, Tefo. I'm great. How are you? I'm good. Uh, as always, we, we're still stuck indoors with, with minimal movement. Mm, same. <laughs> so I think on 26 March, the country enacted or amended the Disaster Management Act to enforce certain rules. And part of those uh, regulations we discussed in the first episode of the podcast were about collection of people's information, specifically around tracking of mobile devices and their health status as far as COVID-19 is concerned. But one thing I do know for certain is that in South Africa, for a few years now, we've had something known as the Protection of Personal Information Act. 
for a person in the street, a normal South African or somebody who lives in South Africa, what is this personal, uh, Protection of Personal Information Act? What is it about? So the Protection of Personal Information Act or PAPAYA aims to, like its name implies, promote the protection of personal information. It does this by introducing certain conditions and minimum requirements for the lawful processing of data subjects' personal information. So now I know that most of your listeners will have varying levels of knowledge on the law around this. So I thought maybe we could go over a few definitions and terms that's used in Papaya and maybe just simplify those. Sure, let's go. I mean, uh, we'd like to understand in a simple uh, method as possible, what does it mean for us? So personal information is just basically any information that relates to an identifiable living person. It includes things like your race, your gender, your sex, your age, um, your health, your religious beliefs, and even simple things like your email address and phone number is considered personal information. But some of your personal information is deemed special personal information, and it's afforded even more protection under papaya. And your health status is one of these things that are considered special personal information. Um, data subjects under the Act is just anyone who owns this personal information. So you, Tefo, me, the listener, all of us would be considered data subjects on some level. Um, processing refers to how the personal information is collected, used, altered, stored, and destroyed. And finally, a responsible party is the person who determines the purpose of and the means for processing personal information. So in this case, examples of responsible parties will be the Department of Health, the NCC, the NICD, and even mobile operators like MTN and Vodacom. So if I understand correctly, this act doesn't only apply to private businesses and private individuals, but it also applies to government and how government handles our data. Am I correct? Exactly. It applies to everyone who processes personal information relating to any data subject. And most South African citizens would be considered data subjects and the government would be considered a responsible party in terms of the act. So they're not exempt from this act. They have to live by it. Um, there are instances where there are exemptions to papaya, but overall, generally, the government would have to comply with the provisions of the Act. Okay. Now, how is it enforced? I mean, it's great and well to have this papaya, but how is it being enforced? Is there an organization that's responsible for enforcing it? I've heard talk of the information regulator. How do they enforce it or how is it being enforced? Or is it even enforceable? So exactly like you mentioned, the information regulator is a body who enforces compliance with the act. So one of the sections of Papaya makes provision for and empowers the information regulator to monitor and enforce compliance with the act. The information regulator is made up of one chairperson and four ordinary members, and they have the ability to investigate and fine responsible parties who aren't complying with South African data privacy laws. Um, as well, data subjects are able to complain to the information regulator if they feel like their rights have been violated and the information regulator will be able to take action on their behalf. The guidance note that was published by the information regulator last month 
um, is gives guidance to responsible parties and operators on the reasonable limitations of the rights to privacy when they process personal information for the purpose of managing COVID-19. Okay, and I, and I think the very first question to people have been asking since it was made public that government will need people's data, specifically location data, mobile phone location-based data. The mm. question that's been coming regularly is, are telecommunications companies by law required to give this information to government on the locations of people suspected of having COVID-19? So the short answer is yes, they are legally required to hand over this data to government, all in an effort to combat the effects of COVID-19. However, there are certain conditions and rules in place that regulate how this information is transferred to government and how government can use this information. Okay, but what what are those specifics? Can you share some of them in in short? Sure. So some of the conditions that need to be met are, number one, accountability. And this basically ensures that the responsible parties process the personal information responsibly, which is, I think, the most important thing here. Um, Secondly, the personal information must be processed lawfully and it must be conducted in a reasonable manner and used only to detect, contain and prevent the spread of COVID-19. That means it must be used for a specific purpose, which in this case is um, to mitigate the adverse effects of COVID-19. So usually consent is key, but in this circumstance, the responsible party will not need the consent of the data subject to process personal information in the context of COVID-19 if it's in line with any laws and obligations and if it protects a legitimate interest of the data subject or if it's necessary for the proper performance of a public duty by a public body, which in this case it is. So does this mean that consent is wavered? And also the second question I think people might want to know is, is the consent of data collection also wavered for private businesses during this period? Or are there certain conditions? Yeah, there there are still other conditions that must be met. So consent will only be waived in certain instances, like I mentioned before, if it protects a legitimate interest of the data subject or if it's necessary for the proper performance of a public law duty by a public body, which in this case it is. But if a private business does not meet these requirements, they would still require consent from the data subjects. So they would still need, because there's a, why I ask this is because we've seen that there's a lot of private organizations that are coming up with all sorts of uh, apps and services around COVID-19 in terms of Mm -hmm. either tracking or tracing or collecting people's information. So in that case, they might need to ask people for their consent uh, unless the, the conditions you mentioned are met. Not might need to, they would absolutely require the data subject to give them consent. They would need explicit consent from the data subject to process and even collect their personal information. Okay, that makes sense. Now, the the other thing that uh, was mentioned is that mobile phone-based location data will be used for government to be able to see where people have been in case they were close to people that have COVID-19. Now, as, as a lay person and also from a media perspective, this sounds like mass surveillance. Is, mm. is, in this case, is that allowed? Is, is tracking 
how people are moving during this pandemic allowed? Is it something that Popaya allows? So in this case specifically, it would be allowed because another two conditions of Popaya are purpose specification, which means that the personal information must be collected for a specific purpose. And in this case, it's to detect, contain and prevent the spread of COVID-19. And another condition is security. And this means that a responsible party is obliged to take the appropriate, reasonable, technical and organizational measures to prevent the loss, damage or unauthorized access to personal information. So in this case, they are able to track and trace us, but they would have to follow these conditions and make sure that our personal information is not just accessible to anyone. Okay, and and I'd imagine because we have an information regulator, if somebody suspects that... uh that data is not being used specifically for COVID-19 purposes, they would have recourse to complain to the information regulator? Definitely. People also have the ability to access their own personal information. So if a data subject requests it, the responsible party, in this case government, must confirm whether or not it holds that person's personal information. And you can even go as far as requesting exactly what personal information the responsible party has on you. Uh, I see. So you can, in this case, if let's say I test positive for COVID-19 and then I suspect that government is collecting my data to, for the purposes of stopping the spread of the virus, I can request, I think it's the Department of Health, to share with me what data they're collecting on me. Exactly. Also, in addition to that, um, government can't retain records longer than is necessary to achieve the purpose of detecting, containing, and preventing the spread of COVID-19. So once that purpose has been fulfilled, government is obliged to destroy or delete or de-identify that personal information. Okay, that, that, that gives me some comfort, although we still have to see how that plays out, I guess. Yeah. Now, the other issues around people, employers, like There's been talk, I think, in the Disaster Management Act, it's mentioned that one cannot withhold if they test, if if I test positive for COVID-19, I must be able to, if government asks me, I must be able to tell them that I am positive and not withhold that information. Now, is the same applicable in private uh, settings where if my employer or if an employer asks somebody that, are you COVID-19 positive? Do I have a right to privacy or do I, am I obliged by law in terms of papaya and all the other laws to, to disclose that? So with every right, there's an opposite limitation. And in this case, our right to privacy is limited by public health and the interest of public safety. So yes, employers are obligated to provide a safe environment for employees. So employees are obliged to disclose their status or to take a COVID-19 test if their employer requires them to. This is just so that the employer can maintain a safe working environment. But employers cannot use that the information that they receive to unfairly discriminate against the employee in any way. Okay, so this means they can only use the data, What, if I understand correctly, to inform Department of Health or to put in measures to stop the spread of the virus? Exactly. So maybe they ask that employee specifically to work from home or they have other measures in place so that they don't spread the virus. Okay, so it can't be grounds for dismissal, for example? No. 
Okay. Now, I mean, with all this, I think papaya, if we can get, just get back to papaya and what it covers, in terms of collecting, storing, and people who have access to data, how, what does it dictate or what does it guide, what does it say in terms of how that data must be collected, who has access to it, and where is it stored, how is it stored? Is it, for instance, I know we've been tracking data leaks and breaches for some years, and you find that in some cases, organizations have been negligent. So let's assume that, hypothetically speaking, one day this COVID-19 tracking database that the Department of Health has mm. is somehow leaked or breached. Or, in another case, if a telecommunications company that's collecting all this tracking information, that database is leaked, can I, as an individual, be able to hold government or that organization responsible for breaking that privacy? What are the rules around that or the regulations? So the point of Papaya is to ensure that adequate security measures are in place to protect the integrity and confidentiality of your personal information. So it regulates how the personal information is collected, how it's processed, how it's stored, how it's destroyed, in what way it must be deleted. It goes into great detail to ensure that we have um, the data subjects have the most security that they can. So, and to that end, we have the right to access, to correct, to destroy our own personal information. In fact, we even have the right to simply object to our personal information being processed. But this, of course, comes with its own consequences. For example, Celsi is not going to give you a cell phone contract if you object to them processing certain personal information of yours. Correct, because they, they can they can determine certain things. Exactly. Okay, this is interesting. Are there any extra precautions or guidance that you want to offer our listeners? Um, more than precautions, I think a little bit of a plot twist here is the fact that papaya is not fully effective yet. And okay, what that does has that mean? its own implications. Um, so it was meant to come into effect at the beginning of April, but obviously COVID-19 and a few other factors have delayed this. Um, another interesting thing is that, like I mentioned earlier, there are certain instances which are exempt from papaya. And one of these instances is where a public body, such as the Department of Health or the South African Police Service, is involved in activities that are necessary for public safety. But papaya does say that when it does not apply, your personal information must be protected by another law. What does that mean to, to be protected by another law? So now there have been disaster management regulations that have um, been released and there are other regulations that deal with how our personal information is collected, processed, stored and destroyed. So these guidelines that the information regulator released as well gives us guidance as to how our information should be used even though papaya does not apply in these circumstances. Ah, I see. So in short, to summarize everything that you've shared with us today, the gov we are under sort of uh, special regulations where we have to waiver some of our privacy rights. Am I correct? Exactly. That's exactly what it is. We do have to waive, waive some of our privacy rights. But I think in these current circumstances, even the most vehement protector of privacy rights must concede 
that the appropriate use of personal information to combat COVID-19 is justified. The government just needs to reassure us that how our personal information is collected and stored and processed and destroyed is in line with international best practice to give us some peace of mind. Ah, that makes sense. Thank you very much for your time, Rashoda. And as always, I just want to remind our listeners, as much as we were talking about tech legal matters, the advice given here and the information given in the podcast does not necessarily constitute legal advice. You should still seek legal counsel from your attorney or you can contact PPM attorneys. Thank you for your time, Yashoda. Thanks, TFO. It was great. Now for a word from our sponsors. Hello, my name is Lucien Pierce, an attorney in South Africa. What I've noticed over the years is that technology continues to challenge the legal system. What I mean is that sometimes laws battle to keep up with the speed at which technology is changing and the various new technologies that are launched. If you are experiencing this challenge, our lawyers at PPM Attorneys all have a passion for information and communications technology law and are well-versed in the latest technologies and the laws applicable to them in South Africa. Visit us at ppmattorneys.co.za and talk to us about all your legal matters related to technology. Remember to tell your friends, family and colleagues that the show is available to listen for free on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Deezer or any other app that you use to listen to podcasts. Also, make sure to head over to www.iafrican.com forward slash radio. That is www.iafrican.com forward slash radio and subscribe to get notified on new episodes of the Tech Legal Matters podcast and any other iAfrican radio shows. Stay safe on the web.